0: Wallace wrote in, I had to Google intangilitics, I thought I learned a new word, it didn't come up because of something that Fitty made up when we were trying to figure out what West subscribes to most, is it analytics or is it intangibles, but when you can mix them together, it is intangilitics and we are hoping that that QB, if they draft one, if they sign one, if they trade for one, if... He's already on the roster in Sam Darnold. We hope that he displays an excellent array of intangibles. 7045-709610. Feel free to text in the garage door guru text line. Wes was watching TV, trying to figure out the channel situation. As he was looking at the TV just off to the side, he said, Fitty, I'm about to light your bleep up when we come back from break.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know where he's getting this from, saying that that the coaches are more important than players, and they were first to shout Kyle Shanahan and has one of the most loaded rosters in the NFL. I don't know if he doesn't watch the 49ers, if he's not aware of the players uh, that they have, and there's no homerism at all. But Brandon Ayuk is one of the best young receivers in the game. George Kittle's arguably, you know, he's right there with Travis Kelsey and all the rest of those guys as the best tight end. We know what Debo Samuel brings to the table. Jawan Jennings is a really, really good slot. Uh, then you add Christian McCaffrey to the mix. You have a backup running back. Uh, in um, Lord have myself Elijah Mitchell, who ran for over 900 yards as a rookie. Mm-hmm. You got Trent Williams, <laughs> the best left tackle in the game, shut down Michael Parsons yesterday, and then the rest of that offensive line is really good as well. So yeah, you know Shanahan might be a good coach, but Purdy is very much insulated with great weapons, and he's taking advantage of it. And Purdy was no slouch in college. Like, let's not act like this guy was some type of charity case or something like that. Like. He was Big 12 player of the year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, during his tenure at Iowa State and started a lot of football games. So, you know, the draft process we know is not an exact science. So let's not, you know, sit here and act like that uh, Kyle Shanahan is just a wizard helping Brock Purdy, poor old little Brock, Brock Purdy, play great <laughs> football because he's had other backup quarterbacks that haven't done nearly what Brock Purdy has done. We know what his record was pre-Brock Purdy, with anybody else other than jimmy g as his starting quarterback so i feel like that debunks everything mm-hmm. that uh you're saying Fiddy, do you care to
0: respond or do we move on
1: there
2: uh i mean i just i mean i just i i just disagree like i mean and that's Lord, and, my and my you, you know night, i mean I, I think i had to explain this to you last night in the in our in our group chat opinions <laughs> oh, change God. it's a week-to-week <laughs> league it's a week to week league and opinions change from week to week. That's what we do here in sports radio. and I think TC really put it best when he texted in Fiddy is basically saying don't draft Matt Corral for the second straight year.
0: That's pretty much all I'm saying. Wait, but you're one that wants to give Matt Corral a shot. I do. yeah. I mean or you just, so why are, are we just, not drafting him? why are we, why can't we draft him again if you want to give him a shot
2: because I want to give the guy you actually drafted a chance to prove if he's if he can play in this league.
0: Even if you're saying not to draft that same guy.
2: Yeah, you yeah. don't have to do yeah because you've already drafted him. And uh, if you, you put it out there and you don't like what you see, then you go draft somebody else.
0: Right. And, and instead I mean, You of, just
2: want to keep overdrafting people. They're never going to get to play.
0: No, I want to draft a quarterback if they feel like that person can be their franchise QB. But if they feel like that just isn't the answer, if they feel like they like a defensive prospect even more so, or maybe a tight end prospect, because that's something that certainly is on their need list as well, then go ahead and take that guy in the first round. But yeah, it, ultimately the, the the thing for me, the tagline is do not allow Sam Darnold to deter you from drafting a quarterback in the first round. If there is somebody you like at that position, that's what I'm saying. There's a couple of other needs here for the Carolina Panthers that people have written about and a defensive line uh, is one of them. Someone else said y'all messed up by letting Hassan Reddick leave. Outside of QB and head coach, is defensive end the biggest need? So clearly with head coach, quarterback, those are the two of the most importance, right? Like you need somebody to put everybody in the right situation. You need a quarterback, maybe the most important position in sports. But we also talk about players who affect the passing game being so important in this new age league. And we saw just how bad the production was, opposite of Brian Burns this year. And Hassan Reddick was awesome with Carolina just last season. He was really good for Philadelphia this year. How badly did they miss Hassan Reddick this season, Wes? And is that exact? Is that the first place you go to outside of QB and head coach?
1: No, because what did you win with him? Not much. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the offensive league. You need to go out and find either a. Uh, a very strong borderline one number two receiver or a dominant tight end. I think uh, that needs to be your next move because you have to improve this offense. Uh, You need to be able to score points. That's no secret. And I think they need to make this offense more dynamic. A pass rusher will help, but uh, you can find some guys that can, you know, maybe fill that role for you and you may hit on another guy that can come in and be a stud. But I think that improving your offense needs to be at the top of your list, especially finding more guys uh, more threats. As I said, we look at the playoffs again, just look at the playoffs and the teams that are still around and how many weapons that they have. And so you have to insulate your quarterback with as many options as he can and give your offense as many ways to attack a defense as possible.
0: And Moose agrees. He he's saying no need, uh no, we need weapons more than anything. Weapons are easily the biggest need. And so you have some wide receiver possibly going up there. Running back is Deontay Foreman and I'm kind of interested in the Deontay Foreman conversation because Mm -hmm. he is a runner of the football Mm -hmm. and he doesn't really do anything else to help you because he's not passing. He's not catching passes, right? He's just not doing that. And then there are some blitz pickups. I'm not sure if you're going to Deontay Foreman in those situations. Chris McCaffrey was great at it. Mm -hmm. Like he was an overall complete back and Deontay Foreman probably is one of the better rushers of the football in this entire national football league. Like what he, what he did when they were humming, I mean, Deont- the offense almost went as Deontay Foreman did. and I Even think though you
1: never put him in the top 10. But, well, going-
0: but, but the reason being is because he's not a complete <laughs> back, in my opinion. Right. And he's a great rusher of the football. And he does that really well. But when you have to go off of the field in third and long, which yeah. he kind of does. I mean, he does. I think that matters a lot. I mean, you look at what was it the most I think he had was like two receptions. And when he's not rushing effectively, and there were half the season where he wasn't rushing effectively, you could blame that on the offensive line if you want to. That's fine. But some of the other better running backs in the league can still have their impact felt by being a third down back on third and five. And you have a pretty obvious passing situation. Sometimes Ben McAdoo would go to the run, but more than not, you're going passing situation in third and five or beyond that running back with Deontay Foreman is not going out to catch anything other than a screen pass that is heavily screened for him. Where McCaffrey, you didn't have to do that. But maybe you could say, all right, McCaffrey's an outlier. He's fantastic. Could you get anybody else? Man, Chuba Hubbard, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, separated himself as this fantastic third down back. And yet I would still trust Chuba in a passing situation before I'd trust Deontay. And so that's not to disparage him as a player. I'm telling you, Dude is an amazing rusher of the football. But to me, I still think running back, at least in that pass-catching area, is kind of a need for this Carolina Panther team in order to do exactly what you said, help the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I think it can be for sure. And I I get to your point about him not being able to be that dual threat back that you're looking for, because it does at times tip off the defense as well, too. Like, teams are going to know sometimes, okay, they got Foreman in, they're going to run the rock. So uh, I think it will help to bring in somebody else, but we know that he's part of the identity of the team, the DNA, so to speak, that they always talk about. And I think he should be a part of their future plans with the way that, you know, he came in and was able to do uh, what he was able to do. And I think where he could help, even if he's not that great of a pass catcher, is that with his rushing ability that he can throw off the defense in a play-action game. Mm -hmm. He can stick it in his gut, and teams can think that based off tendencies, and they pull it out and go down the field or uh, make a big pass. So I think he has value, you know, even though he may not be the greatest receiver uh, outside.
0: It's why I would have loved – you make the trade. I'm, I'm very happy with the trade for McCaffrey. It makes sense for all parties, even from a standpoint for Christian. It's awesome to see him getting deep into the playoffs with the 49ers but it would have been fantastic to see both of them in the backfield. Can you imagine the unpredictability of that offense having Deontay Foreman and McCaffrey back there? Right. Who both could rush. But then let's say you play action with Deontay and then McCaffrey's out there to be a weapon for you as well. And then you're hoping Terrace Marshall improves. You're hoping that DJ Moore can continue to produce at a high level, even though it didn't happen this past season. I put more of that on the quarterback, and when Sam Darnold did play, to his credit, he allowed D.J. Moore to eat a lot more than Baker Mayfield did, and and P.J. had his spots with, uh, with D.J. Moore as well, but it was Sam Darnold looking for their number one option. How much do you believe in Terrace Marshall as a guy that can improve, and do you kind of want him to be your third receiver next season by investing somewhat highly in another weapon opposite of DJ? Uh,
1: I think a lot of receivers are coming in now just with the way these kids are coming up, playing in the 7-on-7s, et cetera, et cetera, summer football. I think a lot of these receivers are coming in more ready now than ever. We've been seeing that with the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, and guys like that coming in making impacts immediately. So I think the time has kind of come to an end to try to see Uh, If he is the number two guy, I feel like he would have shown it. He had ample opportunities uh, throughout the second half of this season to show that. I think if you want to keep him around as a three, maybe so. But I think you have to go out and find a guy uh, that's going to make this offense more dynamic at the number two receiver spot.
0: Yeah, tight end, wide receiver. I'm cool with all of the weaponry. I'm cool with, with everybody that you could potentially get to help this quarterback Bradley Bozeman is also going to be interesting here because he's a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker, but Mm -hmm. he's a pretty good center in the NFL, and I wonder just how under-the-radar priority he is. I think that's something I would put up there, and the other under-the-radar priority I would put up there, too, before we go to break, Austin Corbett suffered a big-time injury at the end of the season. And I think he was a big reason as to why your offensive line had a drast improvement from what they did the the year prior, right? Like, or vast improvement, drast, what am I saying? Mm. Vast improvement from what you had just the season prior. So if Austin Corbett is not healthy, I don't know, the first little bit of the season, the first month, who knows with an ACL injury like he suffered... Maybe you got to get some more depth and find even a potential starting guard to go alongside a Taylor Moten. That would be my under the uh, radar priority. What about you? What is that? Yeah, I mean, offensive
1: line is always going to be something that you need to keep retooling no matter what. So I think that what you said is very astute. I think that that offensive line is not a finished product. I mean, this isn't regarded as a top-five line in football. They were very good in pass-blocking uh, down the stretch, but I think this is the offensive line that can certainly use uh, retooling. Um, I think my under-the-radar, and I don't know if you can, you know, some positions I guess you could call them under-the-radar, but at the linebacker spot, you know, like I said, this team has a yeah. great tradition at linebacker. And so, you know, they would – it would behoove them to go out and find a guy that can really make that impact for you. Like they always say, defense is always great up the middle. And so, you know, from free safety to middle linebacker to the interior defensive line. So I think for you to find uh, one of those guys that's going to make the type of impacts that the Thomas Davises, Luke Keekleys and on and on have made would be great.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a tall order, but Shaq Thompson, I think, is a, is a good football player, right? I, I think. Probably better than yeah, average yeah, linebacker. And you, and you need more than one. But you need you absolutely need yeah. more than one. And Frankie Louvre, they used him a lot. And Frankie Louvu's had a really
1: good season uh, as well.
0: But, but but to your point, I think they're a little bit different. Louvu, I kind of move as use as a queen on the chessboard mm-hmm. where you can just put him in a lot of different situations, especially yeah. rushing the quarterback. I, I kinda want your typical Mike linebacker that's able to tackle and even with Shaq having that ability once upon a time to run sideline to sideline something that he struggles with every now and then was shedding blocks. And, you know, we'll see if they can get a linebacker that can get closer, maybe to some of the uh, legendary LBs that they've had with this organization. We have a couple more segments to go. Wes pointed out that Cam Newton always trends. Yes. Cam Newton trends when the bills play because of Josh Allen, which player is better. Wes released a video on that. Plus we can talk a little bit about the Charlotte Hornets and his mom calls in for the second show in a row. It is regarding the bet that they made on Friday. We'll get all of that going for you. The final two segments on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 FM.
1: I'm back. You're back. We're back. Wesson Walker, WFNZ 92.7. Every time we talk Niners on here Nipsey Hussle is playing, I'm starting to like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is
0: on purpose or if that's just how it works out. But either way, yeah, it works man. out for the better. Well,
1: Nipsey Hussle off the Slauson boy, too, to bring in to talk about my Niners' big win over the Cowboys. So we know that me and my mom had a bet uh, on this game. She came on the station on Friday to talk about it, break it down. Uh, she's hanging out on the line right now. and And it went well last night. I did not... Uh, Let out a lot of expletives. Uh, I only said one during the game. I didn't get that mad last (laughs) night, but I was a little edgy at times during the game. Like, my girl was there. My mom was there. You know, my son is in there, and they're all bothering me, doing stuff, messing with me while I'm trying to watch the game. And at some points, I go and lay in the floor so that people, you know, aren't going to touch me or mess with me and stuff because I'm a little, little leery about how this game could turn out because, you know, in the playoffs, anything could happen. But at the end of the day, you know, it started to set in on my mother that uh, her team was going to meet their demise. Right. And afterwards, which I had a couple of victory glasses of wine and relaxed <laughs> and we rehashed the game. And so she's on the line, Mom. You could tell them your experience yesterday because at times you thought as you stood up with hands in the air and telling me how great Dallas was. And and excited about how the game was going. You thought at some points that it was you guys' day, did you not? And-
3: I, a little bit, but first <laughs> off, when I was standing up and stuff, I still knew we had Dak. So I didn't get too excited. So the thing is is that I, the, I have to give credit what credit's due because, like Wesley said, I am a humongous football fan. And on top of that, I know what I'm talking about. Thanks to my brother, who uh, my brother, Tut, and then Wesley. They've taught me a lot. So I kind of knew, you know, at first when they scored that first touchdown, I was like, oh, okay, well, we, we're going to be able to run on them and things. But then Dak happened. And when he threw that first pick – I was like, oh, this is, gonna, this is not going to end well. And then when he threw the second one, I was just like, I think we're done. And then when Pollock got hurt, I was like, I just don't see us winning. Because we got in the red zone several times, but we couldn't score and you can never put a team away just by field goals so Wesley and I did pretty well together (laughs) when we were talking we didn't really say anything ugly because we're both really football fans so we just don't because we don't like each other's teams just sit up and say any old thing we go by fat but now I am getting ready to say something ugly about what's that (laughs) player's name Trent Williams (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting ready to say something Uh, real ugly his mama didn't teach him right she didn't raise him right because first off Wesley showed me the video of him coming out against Seattle sticking up his fingers and talking junk and stuff his middle finger so I told Wesley when I made the video last night I said you know I'm not going to make it completely nice and I said Trent Williams I said listen young man I don't think your mother raised you right I, I just don't
1: Yeah, and he so, started up the smoke last night before yesterday before the game him and Debo uh, with the kicker and he was uh, cussing out the cowboy coaches and
3: stuff too. And yeah, he, he hasn't been raised right. He You know, he needs some more manners. But anyway, I will congratulate the 49ers. And between the two teams playing between the 49ers and um, the Eagles, I hate the Eagles more. But then I don't want the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl. They've been, I mean, you know, get there. Because they've been a bridesmaid here in the last couple of years. They haven't been the bride yet. So I'm hoping that they'll lose. But if they do go, I'm definitely not cheering for them as a Cowboy fan but i will say this about dallas deke and zach need to be fed somewhere else it's time for them to go i cannot stand Dak. i haven't i don't know how he's making 40 million dollars a year i cannot stand him and i hope every single station in dallas texas will be playing by in sync bye bye for um, all week, <laughs> all
1: week. Well, in the Bay, we smoking on that Cowboys pack, man I can't wait oh, for that lunch, for that up, lunch, for that up. lunch, now, see, and, see, for that lunch in the Trent Williams jersey. I'll send him that video as well.
3: Oh, by the way, guess where I'm going to take him to lunch now? I'm taking him straight to somewhere where his blood pressure be high. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes.
0: Make 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 that blood pressure high. Although, it, I feel like it's going to be better food. He might like it. I'm not sure what the best yeah, place. He, he
3: might. But listen, yeah. I do want to say something because I've been listening to y'all today and I heard heard y'all talking to Steve Smith. Uh And I want to let y'all know something about Steve Smith. He and I have something in common. We are both advocates for mental health and wanting to make things better. And if you go up Graham Street, leaving Charlotte, I was going home one day and I looked up at the stoplight and there was a humongous billboard of Steve Smith with an organization I volunteer with, Mental Health America. And I was very proud to see that because in the black culture and with men and with sports, that's something that a lot of times we don't talk about. So I wanted to say that about Steve Smith, and I am proud that he and I both are on the same side fighting to bring awareness to mental health and getting rid of the stigma and helping people who are struggling you know, in silence. So that's it. I still am a Cowboy fan. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm telling you, it's been bad for my mental health to be a fan of the Cowboys, really.
1: Well, all that's good, but we still smoking on that pack, though.
3: Oh, whatever. Well, <laughs> so you can enjoy that for right now, but when you sitting up crying in a week.
1: No, nah, we gonna, won't be.
3: Okay, we're going to see. We're going to see. We're what
1: going I all think. the way. To, it's in the stars. Rihanna's doing a halftime, and my nanas are going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be just tremendous.
3: I just hope and pray that they lose, cause I don't think I could live with you. Yeah, cause and I don't I'm think buying
1: all the merch and we hanging it and everything's oh be going God. on. Oh my God, is what I yeah. have to put up with yeah. y'all every uh, day. They, y'all only. I do yeah. honestly now I do yes. <laughs> yeah. So no, and I y'all think Fiddy does as well.
3: Him, yeah, y'all only have to put up with him whatever so many hours of the day. <laughs> I have to put up with him every
1: day. <laughs> See, I think it too. I'll I will get. Hopefully, they can like have it to where. You might not be able to buy the DVD, but have it to where you can, like, buy it, like, virtually, the championship video, the championship season video, you know what I'm talking about? And I might just have it playing at all times, like it's 49er headquarters, Ooh, even go. when I I'm think gone. I got
3: a pie in the oven. I got to <laughs> go. I, gotta I, go. That's I all got to go. I got I'm going
1: to hold it down. Hold
0: that L. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't answer that. I'm glad that she was gone and she didn't have to respond to hold that L. I'm so glad she was gone after that.
1: Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? So uh it was it was a good win, but on the Philadelphia and a uh, bigger fish to fry.
0: There you go. That was uh, Ms. Bryant calling in about that bet. A lot of the same opinions that Fiddy has mm-hmm. about Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. about how he's not the guy. Yeah. And also we heard Fiddy not exactly thrilled with the way that Zeke played yesterday. Oh, and yeah. so your mom was saying that both Dak and Zeke need to eat somewhere else. And then she also said that Sam Fran was going to get beat by Philadelphia the next weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. Fiddy, it was basically a carbon copy of what you were saying in the pre-show and even yeah. in the group chat. Both of you, great minds, I'm sure you would say, think alike in this area.
2: Yeah, no, Miss Fonda, as she claimed uh, on the on her phone call, she knows what she's talking about um dax a loser zeke's a powder and then the cowboys the cowboys lost again yesterday to a team that's going to go on the road and get its ass kicked and that's the most Man. depressing part of the whole thing was that <laughs> that game was there for the taking Man. that game was vulnerable and we weren't good enough and tough enough or smart enough to to find a way to get a win on the road and that's who we've been in my entire Man. lifetime
1: right. An unstoppable team that scored 22 points on the giants in the last week of the season but they just unstoppable, man. Let me tell you. No. <laughs> they, they scored 38 on the Giants this week, 22 the last time they saw them. But, man, I tell you, those 49ers, they had not got a chance. Keep it coming. Right. Keep it coming. So so we have actually
0: a lot of Carolina Panther content to get mm-hmm. to as the week rolls on. I did want to mention the Charlotte Hornets this weekend based off of their win against Atlanta. The trade deadline is propping up, and so maybe we can focus a little more on Kellen Moore, who did not do a good job play calling in this Dallas Cowboys contest test my Kafka also going down to Philadelphia Shane Steichen plenty to discuss as far as the coaching search but if you look at the Charlotte Hornets they actually got the victory this past weekend against the Atlanta Hawks they were able to win because Terry Rozier hits a few free throws at the very end how about a five second violation call against yeah. the Hawks we're used to seeing that against the Hornets and Steve Clifford like Steve Clifford his first stint It was a miracle if they could inbound the pass. I mean, the the out-of-bounds plays, just ridiculous, and there was not a whole lot of of success coming in, just inbounding the basketball. One of the more simple things you feel like you can do. But they turned it around, and here are the Charlotte Hornets actually getting this victory. My question is a weird one, but maybe not so weird as we discussed the Charlotte Hornets this year. Mm -hmm. If you're a Hornets fan, are you happy? to see the win over the Hawks and the second win in a row at that, only the second time that we saw something like that this season for Charlotte?
1: Uh, I think with basketball more than anything, especially with Wemby sitting out there, I think that a lot of fans... Uh, probably do want them to lose. I don't think they are very happy about this. But either way, when you talked about the five-second violets, too, they did a great job for two straight possessions because Atlanta had to call a timeout, if I'm not mistaken, on the first time because they almost got one. And then they ended up getting one. Anyway, so Mason Plumley did a good job. He was jumping, and it was funny looking at him just jump up and down and contort his body all types of ways to distract Trey Young. man. He's been playing such good basketball yesterday, but the Hornets – They shot 50% in the second half. They scored 73 points, 10 threes. They shot it well from the line. So, I mean, they did a really good job, but they scored 21 points off 18 turnovers, man. So, uh, you know, they they came to play, and Terry has been uh, lighting it up as of recent 28 second-half points. And like I said, Mason Plumley again, 25 and 11 rebounds. We talked to Sam Farber last week about just how good he's playing and so I think that he and Terry both are doing the Hornets a big favor, playing, playing the basketball. They're playing because when trade deadline comes around, these are two guys that are going to be wanted and teams may pay a good price for them.
0: If you look at the past month, so since the calendar switched from 2022 to 2023, there's been 10 games that the Hornets have played. Mason Plumlee is shooting 76% from the field. 76. That's bonkers especially on pretty decent volume. I think it's eight attempts per game, something like that. He's averaging more than 16 points per game, and he's also averaging more than 12 rebounds. An incredible stat line, the best stat line that Mason Plumlee probably has put up his entire career over a 10-game stretch. I don't know. I have not had my research team get those facts straight, but it feels like it very well could be, especially at that efficiency. Terry Rozier, been a rough season for him, but the last month, 48% from the field, 38% from three scoring 25 points per game came up huge against the Atlanta Hawks. And all of this happening as the trade deadline is on the horizon, not too far away again, February 9th. So the real question is, are, are you going to trade Mason Plumlee and Terry Rozier and try to capitalize on this value? or are you going to regret this if these players leave the organization via trade could this be something to the effect of Chris McCaffrey maybe light even though we like Chris McCaffrey having success here in Carolina i don't mm-hmm. see any i don't see any anger or hate i think most people like to see McCaffrey have this type of success but a lighter version of that Would you regret losing a Terry Rozier or a Mason Plumlee if they're traded?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think at this point, especially if you can get a good haul, i.e. some draft picks or get some good young players back, some good young prospects, I don't think that they will because at this point the season is a lost cause. I mean, it's like if they did turn it around, what are your real expectations? Do you really think they can get up in the AC? Do you really think they could avoid the playing game? No. So I think at this point you want to try to get all you can – Uh, Out of this roster, and so uh, I think that they're doing the Hornets a big service by playing as well as they're playing, because teams will start to up that price that they're willing to pay for those guys, especially Terry Rozier. We've seen that the Lakers want him or have wanted him at points during this season, and there will be some contending teams that will want him that won't necessarily care about draft picks because they feel like they'll be drafting low anyway. And so I think that uh, Terry and Mason are going to help the Hornets in more ways than one.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think they're going to have a Christian McCaffrey-type impact for another team. McCaffrey mm-hmm. is one of the best players. He, he might be the best player at his position in the NFL. Nobody is going to accuse Terry Rozier or Mason Plumlee being that, but the way that Mason could affect a team, maybe there is a squad that need some important big man minutes off of the bench if you look at total points added it's actually an analytic an advanced stat that nba math adam Frommel, those guys with nba math that has since turned to sports math they created this stat and it's a catch-all it tries its best to evaluate how players are doing well not unlike a pff grade although it's just a specific stat rather Mm -hmm. than all these stats coming in to dictate a grade right mason plumley and LaMelo Ball are the only ones with a positive total points added and Mason Plumley offensively and defensively. If you would have told me that Mason Plumley with any advanced stat in a catch-all, right, where it considers a lot of things would be the only guy in the top column for the Charlotte Hornets team. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have looked at you sideways, man. I mean, I did not want Mason Plumley to be a part of this team. I wanted to trade him, try to capitalize on value. I still want that to happen. But I got to give it up for him. I mean, the way that he's played this year, given all the circumstances, no, the Hornets aren't winning. And when Mason is one of your better players, then, of course, the Charlotte Hornets aren't going to rack up a whole lot of victories. But I do want to give him some props. And even Terry Rozier playing better as the season has gone on, certainly this past month.
1: Yeah, man. So you got to love what you're saying from these guys, the veteran players. And, um, you know, I mean, what do you think about them getting wins? Do you like them getting wins?
0: I got to tell you. No, The fandom in me was kind of hoping the Hawks would figure out a way to win that one. I'm not worried about it right now, Mm -hmm. but it would be really bad if the Hornets won enough to be the fifth or sixth worst team. It looks like there's a pretty clear worst four franchises in the NBA. It's the Spurs, it's the Rockets, it's the Pistons, it's the Hornets. Those are the four worst teams in the NBA right now. But Orlando could be in a situation where you start to lose a lot more games And maybe Charlotte, who brought back Gordon Hayward. LaMelo is doubtful, as the last I saw it, doubtful for tonight's game against Utah. But if they bring back LaMelo, if Gordon somehow stays healthy, Terry continues to play like this. I mean, Wes, that's just good enough to get yourself a sixth or fifth worst odds and also not come anywhere close to making the play in. And that is the worst spot you could be in. You'd still get a good player but you're not going to give yourself as good of a shot to get Wimby or Scoot Henderson. And that's how I would be mad about it. Like I understand tank culture has infiltrated the way we view sports in a negative way in a lot of different areas. I get that. But at some point you got to lose these damn games, man. At some point you do. That becomes a valid argument. And with this team not reaching the play in at the end of the year, they're not going to do it. The Eastern conference is really strong and it's something we knew coming into this season. If they win enough games to be, the sixth pick in the NBA draft, I'm gonna be mad. The fact that you could have had a better shot at Wimby and you won a lot more games, yeah. I'm gonna be frustrated. I'm sorry. That's just how it's gone this season for the Charlotte Hornets. Let's get to the last Fitty Flash of the day. I think only the second one too. Haven't gone to him a whole lot. What you got for us, Fitty? Uh,
2: what was that stat you referenced about Mason Plumley and Lamella ball? Total points added. So a useless stat like block rate percentage that you use on Friday when arguing P.J. Washington?
0: Uh, I can go to the traditional stats for P.J. if you want.
2: Okay. Um, the <laughs> Lakers have made a deal.
0: No, I guess is what the
2: answer is. With the Washington Wizards for uh, forward Rui Hachi, uh, Hachimura. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they traded away Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. With this deal, how do you think this impacts the Hornets doing business with the Lakers at this upcoming deadline y'all were just talking about?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with uh, trying to get some of the details in front of me, but with the Wizards selling, I'm not surprised. And and with the Lakers acquiring something, I just felt like the Lakers, after winning a few games in a row here recently, them starting to play better, it might give them the foe. The, the faux reality in their heads that they, maybe we can actually contend or something like that. And they didn't really have a choice because they don't have their first round pick. So I'm not necessarily surprised to see this. What about you?
1: Yeah, not at all. I think that, you know, they were talking about one and tier, but I think a lot of teams are going to want because the Lakers do have a first round pick, right, but they won't give it up. And that's been one of their problems. They have one that LeBron's they two, been so mad about them not giving up.
0: They have two, but they're later on like 25-27. Right. The first round pick for this year belongs to the Pelicans yes. because of their trades. Mm-hmm. So...
1: So, yeah, so, you know, I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to do a ton to uh, improve that team. Yeah, and Kendrick
0: Nunn hasn't really done a whole lot for the Lakers after they thought they might have to rely on him. Losing a Malik Monk, bringing in a bench score hasn't really happened for them this year. All right, last segment, it's the walk-off. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 FM. Wrapping up an eventful Wesson Walker show today on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Steve Smith not only appearing once, but twice on the show, just deciding to walk in. I think it was the second segment of the show today. And then he called back in once we were recapping his first appearance. So we'll put some of that content up. WFNZ.com. Also, big shout to Brendan Marks of The Athletic. Covers North Carolina. Covers Duke college basketball. Find his work on The Athletic and his Twitter handle, Brendan R. Marks. And maybe we'll tweet some of that out on our Twitter handle, Wes and Walker. I know we're giving away a prize. I don't know how you find it, though, and what prize we're getting, uh, giving away. Wes, what is it again?
1: W-E-S-A-N-D. W-A-L-K-E-R. Hit the follow button. Let's go. Let's let's start by getting us to 1,000. There'll be <laughs> something in it for you. And let's keep climbing, man. Hit the follow button. The please English, and thanks. The
0: English lessons from Steve Smith really helped you today to be able to spell, I think. If it was not for Steve, maybe you might not be able to spell these Twitter handles that I keep throwing I don't think
1: way. so. I was an honor roll student all through school.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you didn't even need Steve's lessons. Not yet. at all. And that's why you hit him with it yes. afterwards. Yeah. And then Steve <laughs> laughed and, and he appreciated that. Big shout out <laughs> to Steve Smith. Smitty! Hopping on the show once again. Let's look at what's on tap. It's the Charlotte Hornets. They're on the road. They take on the Utah Jazz 9 p.m. tip, of course, on Valley Sports South. But if you want to listen to it on the radio, you can do that right here. 92.7 FM, WFNZ. It'll be me and Willie doing pregame coverage. We're going to be doing that at 8 o'clock, so a full hour before you actually see the tip off between the Hornets and the jazz who wins with Utah being just a tick below 500 thought they were going to bottom out big time after the Rudy go bear trade seven and a half point favorites are the jazz in this game at home. So you can either pick against the spread or maybe if you're feeling froggy, you can say that the Hornets are going to win this game outright. What you saying
1: Wes. Uh, I'm going to take the jazz straight up. The uh, Utah is always a tough place to play. They've got a more dubs than the Hornets have, and they've got a nasty post presence and, uh, marketing, So I think he's going to, you know, we've seen post guys put up historic numbers against the Hornets.
0: Finney, do you think Mason Plumlee's total points added and P.J. Washington's <laughs> block percentage will lead the Charlotte Hornets to a victory <laughs> over Utah?
1: No, because they haven't won in
2: Salt Lake City since 2006. <laughs> Did you know that, Walker? It's a
0: long time. Yeah, I know every single date, every single last win against every one of these franchises. The last time they beat the Hawks, it was just a couple of days ago. So I know every single one of these franchises and their record against them. Yeah, I think Utah's going to win. Laurie and playing like a legitimate all-star this season. And just to kind of add insult to injury real quickly, Mitch Kupchak and company has not done a whole lot during free agency the last few years. The one rumor that I can remember they were somewhat interested in Laurie Marketing. Yeah. And then eventually didn't work out. And now he's balling with Utah because that's how things go in Charlotte Hornets land. How does it go in the NFC championship land? Well, let's go to that day in 1994 with Josh which Marlow. Yeah, that he- this
2: was probably one of the best days of my dad's life is in 1994. <laughs> In Texas Stadium, the Dallas Cowboys beat the San Francisco 49ers 38-21 on their way to yet another Super Bowl championship. On this day in 1998, Michael Jordan scored in double figures for the 800th consecutive game in a 198 overtime win over the Nets. Jordan would add 40 more double-figure scoring games to his NBA record before retiring for the second time at the end of the 97-98 season. And then on this day in 2018, LeBron James sunk a left wing jump shot with 1.1 seconds left in a, in, in the quarter to beat San Antonio uh, or in San Antonio to cross the 30,000 career point total. He became the youngest player and the seventh all-time to reach 30,000 career points, uh, joining Kareem abdul javar Carl Malone, Kobe, The GOAT, Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain,
1: and Dirk Nowitzki. Did he win, 50? Because you always bring that into the equation. Did he win that game?
2: It didn't say in this stat if he won or lost. I would bet, though, I would bet at that time against San Antonio, I'd bet
0: he won. Surprise. I thought you would have said that he would have lost, but this is absolutely a fitty special when it comes to the walk off here, including yeah. a cowboy win yep. over the San Francisco 49ers, yep. including Michael Jordan doing something historic. And then I thought if LeBron James, if we would have had some confirmed loss here, <laughs> this would have been all of the bingo boxes checked off, but we did not get that L. And so I don't know if anybody can call bingo. I thought we just might get it though. At the very end, I do want to go with some trivia here to end off end the show. 1998 New Jersey Nets roster. Wes, okay. how many players do you think you can mention off of the New Jersey Nets 1998 roster? And bonus points if you can name the coach of that very team. Somebody you know very well. fitting you can play as well if you have anybody that comes hey, to mind. Was
1: Carrie Kittles on the team? Carrie Kittles was. Ah, you love Carrie. Yeah, love Carrie, Carrie, Kittles. Carrie Kittles. Um, okay, Jason Kidd wasn't the coach.
0: Calipari, Calipari was the coach. That's okay. right. Yeah, right. 1998. Calipari was the coach <laughs> um, of the New Jersey Nets.
2: It's amazing what happens when you can't cheat in the NBA. I,
0: yeah, he was out real quick. Oh,
1: uh, and then
0: they reached the finals. Yeah, just yeah, I know a few we're running, running
1: out of time. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cycle my brain.
0: Actually, you're good. I'm stalling with this game, so you have all the time in okay, the world. Okay.
1: Hang on. Trying to think who else? Marbury. Marbury was not on that team,
0: yeah. as far as what I can see. No, he was not. Is um, Jefferson they would- in that yet? Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was not Richard Jefferson See these are the finals teams And so okay. that's what makes this one really hard Because you didn't have too many yeah. holdovers There's one other guy That you should probably get Keith and Van Horn Keith Van Horn Keith oh. Van Horn was on the roster Of this New Jersey Nets team uh, Somebody else oh, Wasn't
1: uh, Williams on there too? Uh, yes, he was. Jason Williams? Yes, he it's was. It's starting to come back to me as I. Once you said Van Horn, it started to come back to me.
0: Spence wrote in Kendall Gill, a
1: Hornet Great as well. Yeah, uh, that was my guy. Sam Cassell was Bad on cookie. this team.
2: You're talking about white chocolate, Jason Williams?
1: No. No, different. no, no. We're talking about they ended up getting in trouble for. Uh, well, we won't bring it up. <laughs> I, I do not want you to talk
0: about it because I don't know all of the details. Yeah, I, remember, I remember from back in the I day. I remember bits and pieces, yeah, but it, it would feel irresponsible to bring some of that up. Yeah. But, yes, it was that Jason Williams that was on this. Also, Chris Gatling, Michael Cage, David Benoit, Lucius Harris, some great Ooh. names. Yeah, by the way, uh, Xavier McDaniel, the last big name here.
1: Ooh, X-Man. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, sneakers back in the day. That, I think the Air
0: Rays were his. And Xavier McDaniel, a fun basketball player, no doubt about it. And he wasn't soft. I'm oh, soft Xavier McDaniel. Not at all. He's not soft as toilet paper yeah. like Walker Mail is. They don't do it neither. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Weston <of> Walker. <laughs> That'll do it for Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Keep it right here. Willie P. Smoke Ludwig coming at you with the Kyle Bailey Show.